welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board with you once again, and it's a pleasure to preview yet another NFL season. This will be the ninth season of Purple Mafia. Pretty amazing indeed. I mean, it's a pleasure to bring this to you each and every season. It's been absolutely fantastic for me, to be quite honest with you. So we're back again for one year, more year at least. At least one more year, right? Yeah, I'm not in a quick hurry to retire from podcasting at any point. But, well, we're going to have a three-segment show. The first segment will be basically like Vikings news, like the cuts and the signings of the practice squad. Got a couple of audio clips from you, or for you from uh, Mike Zimmer and Sam Bradford talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I think you'll like that a bit. That's what will probably be pretty much the end of this segment, which will be the shortest most likely for this show. Second segment will be the massive uh, season preview, NFL, NFC North, all that good stuff. It's going to be fun, and I'll get you the conference finalists and all that such. Kind of talk about each conference a bit, not heavy into detail on every team, but just kind of give you a general concept of where I can see things heading for each conference, get to the conference finals, the winners of those finals, and ultimately a Super Bowl champion. Yep, get ready to roll your eyes, right? No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I mean... You'll, you'll find out who it is. We'll just get to that. And then, of course, what, what's segment number three? Come on, you know what it is. That's right. Fan Interaction. As always, Fan Interaction, Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, Collins, indeed, more than welcome to this show as well. So, well, let's talk about the cuts. Let's talk about the final cuts for the 53-man roster for the Minnesota Vikings. It's a, a long list, of course, as of September 3rd. The Vikings uh, release, uh, well, cut, release, all that good stuff. Quarterback Joe Stave, Jake Gannis, who's a linebacker. Brandon Watts, who's a linebacker. C.J. Ham, running back. That's a familiar name from the from 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 Duluth and such. And again, forgive me if it may sound like I'm kind of toning my voice down a bit. Audio might be a little bit different. Again, trying to <laughs> trying to keep the trying to get through this with the with the the wife sleeping and such. Uh, we'll see where things go with this one. But you get the idea. Uh, Steven Weatherly, that uh, defensive end. Moritz Bowringer. Moritz Bowringer, wide receiver. Toby Johnson, defensive tackle. Taylor Heineke was put on the reserve non-football injury. So more than likely he'll be back after the injury. Non-football injury, though, right? After recovering from that. Uh, Carter Bajowski, he's a tackle. Zach Moore, defensive end. Denzel Perrine, defensive end. Kyle Carter, tight end. Gurul uh, Presley, who ended up with the Packers later on. He's a running back. Uh, Travis Rack Rassidi, defensive tackle. Isam Farsien, <laughs> the guard. Blake Renaud, kind of like Darius Renaud, right? Uh, running back. It just keeps going and going, doesn't it? Uh, where was I? Uh, Trey Robertson, Roberson, the uh, cornerback. Sam Bradford, of course, acquired at the same time. This all happened in the same day. Just very, very dramatic. Uh, Kendrick Ellis, defensive tackle. Isaac Frusetti, uh, wide receiver, Brad Sorensen, Willie Beavers, fourth round pick, Willie Beavers. Wow, man, mm, that can't be good, can it? Um, and then Jarrell Presley was was acquired from the waiver to Green Bay. Uh, Brian Leonhart, which who who was let go a little bit earlier, tight end, winds up with the Detroit Lions, and Austin Shepard tackle winds up with the San Diego Padres. No, I'm kidding, the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers or whatever the hell they are. 
uh, signed to the Chargers practice squad. Now that I've dragged that out a bit much, so where do where do, so the Vikings have room for nine players to come to the practice squad? You can probably guess who some of them are going to be, as long as they get through the waiver wire. Because I haven't mentioned about any of these certain guys getting picked up anywhere else. Luckily, Willie Beavers gets to the Vikings. That kind of says a lot, though. Fourth round pick, and man, what the hell? And then sixth round pick. Who do you think it is? Just just tell me, who's the sixth-round pick the Vikings were able to reacquire via, as, as because he cleared waivers, Morris Boehringer. Uh, tight end Kyle Carter, guard Isam Fasien, so that cool name's coming back. C.J. Ham out of Duluth coming back. Toby Johnson, defensive tackle. Trey Roberson coming back, the cornerback. Quarterback Joel Stave out of Wisconsin returning, and defensive end Stephen Weatherly. So there's your nine-man practice squad. Congratulations on extending your career. Marcus Sherrills, remember, was on the practice squad about two years, I believe, two years in a row. Kind of went from barely, barely making it to, to, okay, he's on the practice squad. He's on the cusp of the NFL and kind of came in later the season and then actually made the Vikings outright the next year. And he's been on the Vikings ever since. Kind of cool. So keep that dream alive. And congratulations to those nine men that made the practice squad. If they just so happen to want to catch and listen to a Minnesota Vikings podcast, being out there just barely hanging on into the NFL. Maybe they're kind of curious, so hello to you guys, just in case, just in case, there's that slight chance you might be listening to the Purple Mafia show. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Just for fun, just, it's, it's fun to imagine, fun to dream. You know, I mean, hey, I'm a guy who's dreaming too, I'm on the practice squad too, if you know what I mean, when it comes to uh, media, right? <laughs> well, you know what I did not mention, Jerry is right, he's here, and that's fantastic, but appears to be in a reduced and uncertain role. Kind of sad, uncertain, there's still a possibility he'll be traded. I wouldn't be surprised to see him wind up with New England or somebody like that. You know, somebody like that at some point. Hopefully it's not Chicago or Green Bay or something. It is what it is. We'll talk about Chicago and Green Bay very shortly. And, um, yeah, um, speaking of Chicago, I was in Chicago very recently, just a couple days ago here, and it was kind of cool. Very interesting experience for me. Those of you that have been there know what I'm talking about a bit cool subway system, and you, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's such a big city, you, you don't get lost thanks to that subway, so it's kind of cool, um, and plus there's a lot of subway sandwich shops there too, but I suppose that's not too surprising, along with the Starbucks of the world, so guys that maybe like to drink Starbucks, or maybe not, I, I could see Sam Bradford drinking Starbucks, Zimmer, maybe, maybe not, they both have, they both kind of talked about Teddy a bit in the, the, the press conferences, and I also want to wish all of you a happy Labor Day as well, for those of you that, uh, enjoyed the day off. Um, I had a partial day off with the lawns and such, but hope all, everything went well for you on, on the Monday Labor Day. Hope you did enjoy yourselves and such. The humidity's kind of been a buzzkill, but you get the idea. <laughs> been a buzzkill in, in, in that sense, but uh, you get the idea. Um, so let's hear from Mike Zimmer and Sam Bradford. I'll just let them both kind of play one after the other, and then we'll go from there. Out of way, how to win. I got a good story about Teddy, thank you, also here. Yeah, sure. So he's here every day, down in the train room, you know, same, same kid he always is, always smile on his face. Uh, and Xavier Rhodes, he always comes in and unties his, unties his shoe. He's sitting there, you know, he can't reach his, his shoe, so Zave does it. So I was down there today, and I tied it for him. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, the uh, shoe tire now. <laughs> no, I don't need it. He deserves it. Uh, yeah, I actually I saw him in there today uh, and talked to him briefly. And, you know, I really just wanted to offer him, you know, tell him if he wanted to talk about the process and what it's like. I mean, I know what 
it's like going through, you know, that rehab. Uh, you know, I know it's tough. I know there's good days. I know there's bad days. You know, if you had any questions, you know, I wanted to make it known that, you know, I was available and you know, wanted to talk to him about it. And then, you know, I asked him if he could please be here as much as possible to help me out. I would really appreciate that, too. So there it is. Teddy's already around. That's really cool. Teddy's already uh, there, you know, Winter Park, you know, hanging out with the players and watching the practices. And he's he's just he's just there. He's a part of the team still. And I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, the guy probably can't even, you know, <laughs> probably can hardly even move around right now when you have an injury like that. I can't even imagine the pain still to this to this moment. It's incredible. Um, I didn't hear what time the surgery took place, but I got to think it's been done by now maybe we'll hear more about it soon we'll hear a date a time that it took place and we'll hear that it was successful surgery as they like to say in the business um so of course expect to hear the name dr james andrews he's the top surgeon in the country when it comes to sports injuries there you go um cool to hear though teddy a part of things and zimmer kind of helping him out and such and tying his shoe that's kind of a cool story you know (laughs) that's just kind of neat how that thing kind of turned out uh, Sam Bradford also kind of cool, you know, hearing the Teddy and Sam having this little rapport with each other already. Pretty cool. I mean, it, it's nice to nice to see that they have kind of a mutual relationship and how Sam wants to help uh, Teddy with the whole recovery and such, give him tips, give him help, you know, because he he's been through two ACLs as Sam Bradford, of course, the same knee and everything, both left knee also, but to kind of give him some some tips and some some encouragement to, uh, to get through the recovery period, you know, the ups and downs and such, because you're going to get ups and downs, especially with an injury like that. It's never going to be a straightforward thing, uh, and Teddy's obviously even worse than what Sam went through, but, um, you, you know, an ACL is a big deal. Teddy's will take you in. Teddy's is even more dramatic, but cool to hear that there's a friendship and how Sam Bradford, you know, coming into a team, he was a number one overall pick in the draft and what he's kind of been through. Pretty cool to to hear that he wants to hear advice from Teddy and such as well. He wants he wants Teddy around to help him out and give him advice, help learn the offense and and just kind of help help him uh, you know help him acclimate to the team and such. I think that's very 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 cool and it shows a true team environment in a big way i mean that's that's awesome so with that uh with that that's my closing statement i guess for this segment we'll uh wrap things up for now and we'll come back for the big old giant season preview in segment number two We are back here on Purple Mafia. Time for the season preview here in segment number two. But real quick, I have another update. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will have his surgery on Thursday, and the team believes he will have a full recovery. So that's good news right there. So Thursday is the day. Still kind of been waiting on this surgery. I kind of had a feeling because obviously you would have heard something <laughs> before. And uh, the the whole deal where you need to wait for the swelling to go down to have the surgery, I can only imagine the amount of swelling and the insane pain to go along with the swelling. I mean, just breaking an arm and the swelling is just unbelievable. But something like that. I mean, obviously breaking an arm is pretty serious stuff. But, man, I mean, that's a lot of uh, damage going on with that knee there. So, there you go. Well, shall we jump into the season preview? We're going to kind of do the NFC North deal like we used to do with Dylan in the past. I want to get him on again, doggone it. I probably should have had him. I should have tried to get him on. But it seems like it's always difficult and the timing is <clears throat> harder now. Getting Being married and all that, it's... it's 
harder than it used to be, like doing a show with somebody else. Um, welcome to married life, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> it's easier to be solo. It's just easier and, you know, yeah, it is what it is. And I, I can definitely handle it. I've been doing solo for a long time. I actually like doing solo, so nothing against anybody, of course. And it's always nice to have someone on as well, like the Sebastians or the Dillons and... <clears throat> Heel shall never be named again, that type of thing. And <laughs> the Kansas City guy. So let's keep moving. NFC North preview. We'll start from, well, we'll start in Detroit and we'll end with the Vikings, that type of deal. The Detroit Lions, I predict them to go 6 and 10 on the season. Uh, they got a new wide receiver out of Cincinnati, the number two guy to uh, Green over there in uh, Cincinnati. Marvin Jones, he's a decent, decent player, about 800 yards, four touchdowns last season. Nothing spectacular, though. Now, I know Stefan Diggs had similar numbers, but, of course, he was limited coming out of the season. So give him a little bit of a leeway with that. I do, do predict Stefan Diggs to get 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, something like that this year. That's kind of a little bit jumping ahead. But um, he's not going to be enough to replace Megatron. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It just, it just is what it is when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think the coach will be fired. I think that's the end of the line for... Uh, <clears throat> For the current, uh, for for Caldwell, I, I just don't think it's. I, I don't think he's going to get it done this year, honestly. Uh, Amir Abdullah still the running back and all that. Uh, just nothing spectacular. Of course, they got that great defensive line. They're fantastic. We know that, but they had a huge drop off last year, and I don't really see them getting better this year. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback, but very, uh, you know, inconsistent. Kind of like Carson Palmer in a sense. I've compared him to Carson Palmer in the past, where he'll get these. He'll, he'll one week have like four touchdowns, one interception, 400 yards. The next week he'll have two touchdowns, two interceptions, or three interceptions, and like 250 yards. And games like that, you're just not going to win because they're just kind of those messy games. Interesting, they got Jeff Schwartz, the former Viking there. He's the one of the backup guards there in Detroit. That's just kind of a little notable for myself anyway. Um, defensive line's still good. That's their strength. But um, the Vikings rolled through them last year, and I think they can take care of the take care of business with Detroit again this year. I'd be quite very, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if the Vikings uh, lose to Detroit this season. To be quite honest, um, winning in Detroit certainly harder than winning at home. Though Vikings home home record against Detroit is unbelievable. Though of course they did lose one in 2014. They got swept by Detroit last year. That year, the Lions were very very good though in 2014. Had a heartbreaking loss. Dallas in the in the playoffs. That team hasn't advanced in the second round of the playoffs since 1991 when they had the first round bye, but then got obliterated in the NFC title game against the Washington Redskins at that time. Chicago Bears! Chicago! Let's get on the subway. Let's have a hot dog. Let's have a Chicago-style pizza. Let's, uh, let's not make the playoffs, I don't think. Um, the Bears are what we thought they were. Okay, you know what? I don't know what they are because they're kind of all over the place. They have their ups, they have their downs. They could be ten and six. They could be they could be six and ten. They're one of those type of deals. So let's settle in on seven and nine. You know, I said that three years ago with Dylan. Last time he was on the show, I think that was the last time he was on. Maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, God, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him right now. Whenever I do these or the playoffs, I just miss Dylan. I just feel like he should be here. And of course, this is his club. He's from Northern California, kind of close to Sacramento and such. Uh, that's kind of 49er territory. In fact, it most likely, yeah, it's mostly 49er territory. Some Raiders fans and such as well, because, well, Raiders and 49ers, it's like Minneapolis, St. Paul over there, California. Um, but uh, with the Golden Gate Bridge, of course, kind of separating the two cities. Um, why am I talking about the Bay Area? Oh, Dylan, yeah. <laughs> 
Hi, Dylan. I, I hope you're listening, man. I got I miss him. Chicago Bears had Brian Hoyer, backup quarterback to Jay Cutler. So if Cutler has any type of injury, Hoyer's okay. I've never really disliked him. Uh, I, I liked him with Cleveland. I remember he had that devastating ACL. Uh, so he was a he's, he's been a nice addition. In fact, he's actually been there a little while already. Other than that, there's not any major notables. Uh, just mostly backups from other teams kind of added along the way. Nobody major added to this roster. Ultimately, here's uh, that. Yeah, Bobby Massey's decent out of uh, Arizona, right tackle there. So he's 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 a decent player. He's like probably the most notable out of that group. I'd have to say. Uh, their draft, they picked ninth overall. Leonard Floyd, that's a good player. Um, that's their that's their biggest addition as far as I'm concerned. And Cody White here, guard. So their offensive line will be better. Their linebackers will be better along uh, with Leonard Floyd around. So I shouldn't say there's not any major additions because there are a couple there that could make a difference. I'm, I'm kind of bouncing all over myself here, and I apologize for that. Um, I mean, yeah, Cody White here, that's the guy the Vikings were, the people were talking about the Vikings taking it for the longest time, but ultimately, there it is again. I, <laughs> they went the way they did, and it was, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll hope for the best there with uh, <laughs> Treadwell. Tread, don't tread on me, right? No, okay, that would be a funny shirt. There, There's your there's your nickname for Treadwell, don't tread on me, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea why I said that. But the Bears, I mean, they could be better, obviously. John Fox has had success in the league. I know some of you out there think he's not that great and such. Well, yeah, he doesn't win the he hasn't won the Super Bowl. He's been there once and lost with Carolina in 2004. He went to the uh, the, the he lost in the postseason, lost the Super Bowl with Denver. He lost the conference final with Denver and lost in the second round actually with Denver also along the way to the Indianapolis Colts the year the, uh, the the Patriots won the Super Bowl a couple of years back, uh, only not that long ago, and then he was uh, moved on, and then Denver had their great season. I like John Fox though, and I think the Bears will. They should have a strong season. They had a really rough year last year, uh, kind of starting over and such. Older players leaving, newer players coming in. Cutler being all over the place like he always is. Again, an, another guy who when he's good, he's real good. When he's bad, he's really bad. That type of thing. The kind of guy who's too who's too good to too good to get rid of, but too bad to get too like you know too inconsistent to consider him any type of a Super Bowl quarterback. And that's of course, like I mentioned already, Jake Cutler, um, Hoyer again, nice addition, like about a year ago. He's still hanging around there with the Bears, and um, I think they're going to go seven and nine. I think they'll have an up and down season. They'll be dangerous for for some moments, not so good for others. They may go eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. I'll just sit on seven and nine just to be safe at this stage. Chicago Bears. Uh, I mean, Leonard Floyd is going to make a difference at some point. He may end up being a really just a huge, huge addition to this team long term, and I think he will be. I'm not sure how much of an impact he'll make as a rookie. We'll just have to wait and see with that. That'll be exciting to see. <laughs> exciting to see how things jump in that one. Green Bay Packers. Well, there you go. Let's go to the Packers before we go to the Vikings because that's how we roll here in. Minnesota. Yeah, we got to go with the Green Bay Packers first. I mean, why would I just jump into the Vikings ahead <laughs> of the Packers? I think they're going to win the division. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry to say it. I'm not too excited about it. Uh, they bring in two, only two free agents since uh, since, since, <laughs> since the springtime, anyway. Jared Cook and Lorente McRae out of Denver. It seems like Denver lost a lot of players during the course of time. Uh, Green Bay, though, mostly kind of similar to what you've seen. Yeah, you still have Aaron Rodgers. It all kind of hinges on, it. you know, I, I think they're going to win the division and likely get a first round by the, by the way. 
And yes, this is a blanket statement. This is something anybody would say, but it all hinges on Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers struggled last year, and, and it was strange, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful because we don't want Rodgers to succeed. It, the, it's like he was healthy last year. You know, a couple of years ago, he actually had a broken shoulder, and then they still recovered, but then got obliterated by uh, San Francisco in the playoffs. That was the 2013 season. That's a while already. Um, man, that was a while. Jeez, a broken shoulder. But other than that, they've had their strong seasons. That next year, they came back with a vengeance. Almost beat Seattle in the NFC title game with not for a couple of tr- like trillion bounces going Seattle's way and, inter- and crazy, strange interceptions and mistakes by Aaron Rodgers in that one. It was a weird, rainy, sunny, rainy, sunny, rainy, sunny type of day in January. It was the strangest thing you ever saw. Strong season by Green Bay that year, and then last year it was like, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? It's just, he was really, it was weird. He's almost like a Jay Cutler out there. So that's the question. Is he going to be like a Jay Cutler again this year? And if he is, I think the Vikings win the division again. But odds are Rodgers will get it together enough to lead the Packers to a 12-4 and record and a division championship. I'm not saying it because I'm happy about it, but at the same time, that doesn't mean the Vikings are going to be bad or anything. It's just Green Bay should win the division there. They got Jordy Nelson back now. Jordy Nelson will be back. That's a huge loss as well. That did not help the Packers cause last year. He's still got Lacey. He's still got Starks. You got Starks. Yep, you got some strong players. You got you got Claymaker. You got all these names, of course, that have been there for a while. Uh, Eddie Lacey, obviously, was a huge addition <laughs> for, for a while now, obviously. Ever since he got there, Green Bay's had some more versatility. You got that power running game to go along with the the passing. You know, Randall Cobb is still pain in the butt. Can't stand him, but it is what it is. Um, Troy Guyon, it's funny. He's, on the, he's still on the Packers. He's actually a starting defensive end with them. Can you believe it? My old friend, Troy Guyon. Um, Julius Peppers is still there, but mostly as a backup at this stage because he's definitely aged. He's very old by now. Uh Rodgers is just so good, though. <clears throat> as much as I hate him, he's just so good that I think he'll lead the Packers to a 12-4 and record, ultimately. Uh, they'll have a slightly weaker schedule compared to last season because they did not win the division. That doesn't, that doesn't help the Vikings' uh, chances in that sense. And, of course, the Vikings' schedule is a bit tougher because of winning the division. It's always harder when you win the division, like it or not. Green Bay goes 12-4, and and I do think Rodgers will be... Uh, significantly better than last year, unfortunately. Playoffs, though, anything could happen at that stage. And if the New York Giants somehow make it, well, there you go. <laughs> if the Giants make the playoffs, Packers are dead meat at one point or another. It, it just is what it is. Even though, even though Tom Coughlin's gone, the New York Giants still have Eli Manning, and there's still that magic. There's still that America's team magic to that New York Giants team, ultimately. In my opinion, i got to stop using that word. See, now, now I am using it too much. Come to the Vikings here. This will be a bit longer, I'm sure. I think the Vikings will be 11-5. and five. I think uh, Sam Bradford will learn the offense pretty quickly and get the team in the right direction. 11-5 and five record for the Minnesota Vikings. That's the end of the preview. Sorry. No. <laughs> you have strength everywhere with this roster. I mean, everywhere. And, and that's awesome. Even at quarterback, even with Teddy Bridgewater out, because now you have a starting quarterback. You had to... You had to make the expensive move. You had to get the first round pick, or give up the first round pick on a conditional second rounder, which will most it'll. It's generally going to be a fourth round pick, but if the Vikings win the Super Bowl or at least get there, it's, it turns into a second round pick. And I think if the Vikings get to the Super Bowl, that they can win it. I think they can. I think there'll be too much drive, too much hunger for this team. A lot of young faces, a lot of young guys on this roster. You had Alex Boone. 
You add Andre Smith, who's not young, but and he's inconsistent, but he's been strong. Alex Boone is fantastic. Left guard. Uh, Andre Smith, of course, replaces the retired and sick of playing Phil Odo. No, he's not sick of playing, but he's been oft injured for quite a while. You got two running backs that are legit. Actually, three, but I mean, yeah, you got Adrian Peterson, the legend, the superstar, the fumbler. I'm sorry, I had to say it, but stop fumbling, Adrian. Just stop it. I mean, it's it's been long enough now. You were in your third season. You fumbled away that NFC title game. I'm still bitter about it. Absolutely still bitter about it. And I, I would be one of many Viking fans to say so. And, yeah, Jarek McKinnon, of course, who's been here for, oh gosh, already his third year. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Time flies. And he's got that speed. He can catch. He's versatile. I think he's the running back of the future. There, there's lightning. And, of course, thunder in Matt Asiato will give you the short yardage. The classic, again, like I've said before, Leroy Horde. If you need if you need one yard, I'll give you three. And if you need five yards, I'll give you three. Matt Asiata. You got three running backs, obviously, that are legit. Again, the superstar, the speedster, and the power guy. You're, you're set at running back. And if somebody gets hurt, you're still probably going to be okay. Fingers crossed. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but it is what it is. Quarterback, luckily, we were fortunate enough that the Eagles were willing to make a trade, even though... It took. Uh, it was quite expensive to get Sam Bradford on the roster, but there you go. Now you have uh, Sam Bradford, Sean Hill, and most likely Taylor Heineke as the third quarterback when he comes back from that that uh, the ankle, bone, whatever it is, injury, that type of thing. Because <laughs> it's kind of like both there. Uh, that type of situation by kicking in the door. Fullback Zach Lyon. Red Ellison is back and ready to go. Very valuable blocker. Of course, Zach Lyon, quirky here and there. He'll give you a touchdown once in a blue moon. And you'll also block well during the course of his whole season. Matt Khalil, TJ Clemmings, Alex Boone. Good, strong offensive line. John Sullivan's gone. Joe Berger's in. And he's been strong. Fusco's been good. Like I already mentioned, Andre Smith. Kyle Rudolph and Michael Pruitt. Two fantastic uh, tight ends. So he just continue with that. You add Morgan to the tight ends as well. Nice to have him on board. you got three tight ends there. So there, there that, that's strong too. Kyle Rudolph, if he can stay healthy, that's great. But Michael Crew is a nice fill-in if you need him. And when he, when he does get on the field, he's solid. Wide receivers, Stefan Diggs is uh, going to have a 1,000-yard season. He's going to have a 1,000-yard season and eight touchdowns this year. Fantasy footballers, Stefan Diggs is a guy to definitely go to, especially if you're in a group of players online, and none of them are from Minnesota, so they're probably not super keen on, P- on Stefan Diggs. Wait, sit on it, and grab him. <laughs> that's what I. Yeah, that, that's the way I used to do things, and I, I helped me have some success in the past. So, but other than that, fantasy football can kiss my butt now. I'm done with it. <laughs> Jarius Wright's on the roster, but how often is he going to even get on this field? How how many snaps is he going to get week by week? Well, if anybody gets hurt or they're disappointing, Laquan Treadwell, Jarius Wright, uh, obviously we'll see some snaps. And yes, I know he's a slot receiver. Treadwell's a wide receiver. That's the other thing. It's not just a receiver. You have to go with the slot deal. Uh, Adam Thielen, it's like his numbers are remarkably low because he didn't get a whole lot of snaps at slot receiver because Jarius Wright took most of them in the past. Is Adam Thielen going to be the main slot receiver? Most likely you'll see his numbers go up. I mean, just remarkably low because every time Adam Thielen is in the game and he's thrown the ball, he makes things happen. He makes... Excuse me. Gosh, i got to clear this up. (laughs) He makes a sudden... uh, He'll make, uh, suddenly he'll be an athletic, fast guy out there. As I get the frog out of my throat, pardon me. Gosh, thanks God, thank God for the dump button, right? <laughs> uh, the magical dump button. Uh, Charles Johnson's back, healthy, athletic. 
Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not as big a fan of his as other people out there. I think he's an unproven player to this stage. But, well, we'll see. I mean, if he's healthy and he's really into this thing and he can go deep, well, there you go. I've often called Diggs more of an in-between type of receiver. You can go deep to him and you can go inside. That obviously, that's also, that obviously tells you, pardon me, I'm getting a little too excited. Uh, but Stefan Diggs will lead the team in receptions and yards during the season. Charles Johnson is probably the best deep threat on the current roster, I gotta say. And he's extremely athletic. He's more of a full-on wide receiver. That's what's good about Charles Johnson. And again, if he can stay healthy, he will have a very strong season and be the number two wide receiver. So those of you getting pissed off at me, about saying I like Jerry's Wright more than Charles Johnson. Well, Jerry's Wright's uh, work in the NFL so far, his face of work in the NFL so far, has been slightly better than Charles Johnson's. He's been around a bit longer and all that. But, yeah, I mean, I understand Charles Johnson has more blow-up ability than Jerry's Wright. It's just, I mean, Wright catches the ball and he makes big plays. That's what I've always liked about him. So, yeah, okay, we'll let Charles Johnson go out there and prove himself and have a strong season. And you know what? I hope he does, because if he does, the Vikings are in very good hands, literally. Laquan Treadwell. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, he needs to get separation. We've already said it, and I know it's like he's a big guy, but he's not very tall. Yes, uh, that's the funny part. It's like he looks like he's 6'4", but he's only about 6'2". Some people say 6'1". No, he's 6'2". Uh, it's like, I wish he was 6'4", because then you could get him more in the back corner of the end zone. You still can, but again, the separation's still a huge, massive handicap for our buddy Laquan Treadwell, number 11. Um, I think he will continue to develop, though. I don't expect him to have a big breakout rookie season, but in the next two to three years, I think he'll literally come up to speed a bit more, improve, and you'll see more production out of Laquan Treadwell in the future seasons. This year, though, you're going to get those... uh, He'll make those big third down plays, and he'll use his physical strength. We don't even have to say size, but his strength to his advantage. See, now now I'm not saying size, so I don't have to get ripped for that. But anybody out there, wink, wink. Um, but he can use that to his advantage, like a Anquan Bolden. can make those third and seven plays, get an 11-yard gain, that type of thing. Physical, bang, bang his way through, and there you go. That's what I like about Laquan Treadwell. Again, the speed hopefully will continue to develop. Haven't even mentioned one ounce of the defense. Not even anything, because the defense doesn't count. Okay, I'm just kidding. The defense is the backbone of this team. Of course, Brian Robinson, speed rusher, all that. He's been so valuable for so long. He was always kind of the other guy when Jared Allen, he was the other guy who can get sacks, other than when Jared Allen was here. Now, he's still the other guy who can get sacks, because Everson Griffin is just, he's, he's, he's as valuable as it gets. In fact, I mean, I was on the verge of calling him the MVP of the team, this past season, I ended up giving it to Harrison Smith because it showed when Harrison Smith was out versus Seattle, it was rough. But luckily, you have Anthony Harris to fill in when need be at the free safety. Really like that guy, and he is back, and I think he should be back. And congratulations to the Vikings bringing him back. Uh, Michael Griffin, I didn't even talk about it, but they put him on injured reserve. Uh, Andrew Sandejo's the starting safety. Uh, that's strong safety. No more Michael Griffin. Um, that's disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, Injuries or whatever it is, it's just a shame that he's not going to be on the roster this year. Uh, but it kind of is what it is, I suppose, at that one. Andrew Sandejo was strong in the preseason, and he stood out a bit more. And again, it just is what it is. Daniil Hunter, a very valuable fill-in at defensive end under Brian Robinson. 
at the uh, the left defensive end, very valuable individual, Daniel Hunt, Daniel Hunter, Daniel Daniel Hunter. I'm never going to get it right. Uh, really showed his value last season, and he's got a nice, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Sharif Floyd is is hot and cold at times, but overall. He's a strong player and a legitimate starting defensive tackle in this league. Tom Johnson, what a valuable, valuable backup defensive tackle he's always been. I mean, so productive. He'll come in and get you a sack, like just just like that. I mean, he'll he'll get limited time and he'll get the sack. He's the new Latroy Guyon for this team. Uh, really, have always liked him, and of course, he's probably older than Latroy Guyon, or right about the same age. Linval Joseph's the best defensive tackle on the roster. Absolutely fantastic. How can you not like him? Very strong performer, <laughs> Linval Joseph. As long as he doesn't get hurt again with the, yeah, stray bullets hitting him at the nightclub. That's the one. That's the only thing that that's really you could complain about with Linval Joseph. He's as good as it gets. An unbelievable run stopper, and he can even pressure the quarterback. Everson Griffin. What more can you say? He's fantastic. He's a double-digit sack guy, and he's going to have a continue to have a Pro Bowl type of a career out there. I gotta think. Um, Eric Kendricks, if he can stay healthy. Wonderful. Uh, you'll think you'll see him taking continued steps forward. Chad Greenway. Uh, it's the end of his. It's the end of the road. It's his final season, and again with with limited snaps, less snaps than he had in the past. His his value just just shoots up to the moon. He's been so viable, and he doesn't have to cover for oh, terrible linebackers anymore. That's another reason why Chad Greenway is so good. When you have a Anthony Barn and Eric Kendricks, Chad Greenway looks like a stud out there because he's not on an island all by himself, and it's fantastic. Anthony Barr, again, the best linebacker on the roster, absolutely fantastic, and you had some valuable backups in Edmund Robinson and Emmanuel Lemur. And, of course, Adi Cole still a part of things as well. How can you not like Adi Cole? Terrence Newman and Trey Waynes, those two have been duking it out for the starting position. At this mo- at this moment, uh, Terrence Newman still considered the starting cornerback, but Trey Waynes is going to get extensive snaps out there the whole season, without a doubt. And he probably will finish the season as a starting cornerback. I've liked his improvement during the course of the, the, the offseason and into the regular season now. Really happy with that. I mean, the secondary on this team is as good as it gets. I mean, I talked about the safeties already, but the cornerbacks, I mean... They just, I mean, it's Mike Zimmer's specialty. Like, you go to this restaurant, this this restaurant's specialty is shrimp and lobster. And then you go to this restaurant, and their specialty is steak. <clears throat> this is the steak of the defense right here in terms of Mike Zimmer. His specialty is the secondary. And, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, they call him Rhodes Codes for a reason. Now, he's not perfect. He has some gaffes here and there. God bless him. But when he's on, he is spectacular. He's a shutdown corner. Uh, you know, I mean, he, and he could do just about anything he wants out there. Captain Munnerlyn, very solid uh, in in the slot, the slot corner. He's he's been very valuable as well. He's a lot better playing in the position where he where he should be. And he was so strong last year, and even his first year under Mike Zimmer. Really happy with Captain Munnerlyn along with Mike Zimmer here, and it, it's been fantastic. Uh, and then, of course. <laughs> <laughs> how could I forget about my, my my good friend out of Clemson? I mean, how how could I forget him? Mackenzie Alexander. Just just love him. Just love Mackenzie Alexander. His future is fantastic. He's a backup for now. He's he's backing up uh he's backing up Rhodes at this stage. Rhodes closed, so it just kinda is what it is. Ultimately later on he may end up duking it out with Trey Waynes. Depending on how things go. Or you put him maybe at the slot with where Captain Munderland is. But uh, either way because I could, yeah, I could see him as a slot corner as well. Of course, uh, he's been very strong 
in the preseason. He got multiple interceptions. That was obviously the fear coming into the draft. Oh, no, he doesn't get interceptions. But, well, again, the, the excuse was the easy one. They didn't throw the ball his way because he was such a great shutdown corner. And they threw his, the ball his way in the preseason, testing him, and he got interceptions. And he dropped an easy one as well. He could have had three interceptions in the preseason, but hey, you know what? Still, multiple interceptions in only four games. We'll take it. Very strong performance out of uh, Mackenzie Alexander, at least in the preseason, and it's very, very encouraging. Uh, Jaron Curse also at safety. Mr. Mankato. <laughs> Mr. Mankato out there. He's, he, he's made it. Seventh-round pick. Looks like one of the great sleepers uh, in Vikings draft history. One of them. One of them, potentially. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm trying to say that tongue-in-cheek here, but he, he uh, he's, he's got a future in this league, I think. Uh, very nice. Uh, very cool. That's a nice find in the seventh round and at a position that's just, it's, it's paramount to your defense and you have a safety out there that can get the job done. And he's also out of Clemson. Like our good buddy, McKenzie Alexander. Uh, Clemson has a fantastic defense. And unfortunately, they were the national runners-up. That's the only sad part with that one. Uh, the Vikings defense is the backbone of the team, without a doubt. Without a doubt, and it's good for at least eight wins. And then the offense can hopefully get you three more. That type of thing. Because this Zimmer defense is it's just, it's just absolutely stifling. And it can make the other team look boring. And you know what? That's fine if the other team looks boring. You don't want Seattle running all over you. You don't want you don't want uh, Cincinnati running all over you or Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. The Vikings are going to have an 11 and 5 season. And if they're better, so be it. That'd be fantastic. I mean, I'm being careful here ultimately. I don't want to go any higher. Uh, Sam Bradford learning the offense and pray to God he stays healthy, that type of thing. And this this team should definitely be in the running for the division championship the whole way, all the way to the final week of the season, week 17. Sam Bradford can hopefully bring a bring a uh, solid arm to the team. It's not a great arm, but it's better than Teddy Bridgewater's to this point. Uh, he he he's also had uh, accuracy issues throwing deep, but not not as much as Teddy Bridgewater. And a lot of people in this town do believe that Sam Bradford is an untapped talent in the National Football League because he's had so many different changes, uh, you know, so many different coaches, so many different situations, and of course, in, uh, the injury interruption. That's a pretty painful interruption there for uh, Mr. <laughs> Sam Bradford and such a strong start to the 2013 season. So many reasons to believe that Sam Bradford, if he can stay healthy and that line protects him this season, obviously that's paramount to any quarterback. But if that line does protect Sam Bradford, he could have a, he could have a hell of a season. Uh, Philadelphia's line wasn't very good. St. Louis's line wasn't very good. So now hopefully an improved offensive line here in Minnesota. And we got something going here. Maybe Bradford could throw for 25 touchdowns. That would be great. 30 would be better. That would be unbelievable. And you'd see Sam Bradford hurling in Hawaii. He'll be hurling in Hawaii unless he's hurling in the Super Bowl. Then you won't see him in Hawaii. You, you won't need to. Hawaii will be just an afterthought. So there you go with the Vikings. 11-5 and five is my prediction for the season. Uh, I, I kept going up and down that schedule over and over and over again. I almost want to go through it again. Uh, I do think the Vikings will start the season 2-0. and oh. Uh, very brief with t- uh, Tennessee. Just an undermanned young team rebuilding. I think the Vikings will beat Tennessee on the road. Uh, Sam Bradford is still up in the air. But you know what? He seems to be catching on fairly well as, he, as I was continuing to watch his press conference Monday, Labor Day. I do think that uh, Sam Bradford is going to start. I'm changing my uh, changing my prediction on that. Sam Bradford is going to start against Tennessee and the Vikings will have a strong uh, performance. I think it's going to be a very dumbed-down offense, though, 
and he'll continue to learn and de- develop his uh, learn and develop under the offense. But he does seem to be a quick study. I think it will be dumbed down to a point because you're playing against Tennessee. You know, you're going to see a lot of running game, but you're going to see a lot of basic offense. That, you know, stuff that he already knows because he's a smart guy. He's been around a lot of offenses in his past, him being Sam Bradford. He's been through several different offenses with different coaches, different offensive coordinators. Pat Shermer has been an offensive coordinator with Sam Bradford already, so in Philadelphia and in St. Louis. So, I mean, he's been with him in both places. So here he is again. And that's pretty crazy when you think about that. So (laughs) that can't hurt. That's probably another reason why they wanted him so bad. I mean, what a great fit. Things just kind of, the chips fell as they did. And and, and it's a good deal right there. Bradford's going to start a quarterback. I mean, you put all those together, Bradford will start a quarterback against Tennessee. It will be a simplified offense. You don't want to show too much against that team. I think the Vikings will have a strong performance. It'll be definitely good enough, and the defense is not going to let Tennessee's uh, Mariota and such have too much success, even though it is in Nashville and all that. Road games are always harder than the than the home games, and of course, it's a it's a team you don't see very often. But it's a it's a team on the uh, it's a team trying to rebuild. I'm going to go with the Vikings winning 27 to 10. 27 to 10. I think the Vikings defense will be fantastic. I think Bradford will be good enough. You're going to see Adrian or McKinnon in the end zone. Most likely Adrian will get a touchdown. I think Bradford will throw for one or two. And it'll be a pretty solid, comfortable victory for the Vikings in Nashville, Tennessee. So there you go. I did throw the preview in. There, There isn't a whole lot of sample size, so I can't go heavy into detail at this point because there's no regular season play whatsoever. Teams are different every year. Maybe Tennessee will be surprisingly better this year. I think not, but we'll go from there. So let's jump into the AFC. I, let's jump into the AFC. <clears throat> I don't trust the Kansas City Chiefs. They never have success in the playoffs. The odds of them making it are pretty good, but I don't think they'll get any further. The Jets might be sneaky, but... It looks like they kind of downgraded in the offseason. Really good coach, though, in Bulls, Todd Bowles. Really like him a lot and really liked what the Jets uh, brought to the field last season. But unfortunately, it, it just seemed like they downgraded a bit. And it just kind of is what it is. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They should. I mean, they, they should have last year, but I don't think they're going to make it now. Will the Colts ever get to the Super Bowl with Andrew Luck? I don't know. I mean, right now, I, I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl uh, right away. I, I don't think this year they're going to make it. Will they even get to the playoffs this year? Well, they better at some point. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to have to make a change at coach at some point, even though they did re-sign him to a pretty good contract. I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm not happy at all. You, you have a franchise quarterback. You had all these players on offense, though, of course, you did have some changes. Uh, players getting old, wide receivers aging and such. It's kind of a weird mess there in Indianapolis. Uh, I'll just leave that alone. I'm no, I'm no Colts expert. I'm not going to pretend to be. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are extremely dangerous, and they are the darling pick to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, but, but, it's, but the thing, a lot of people, I don't know if they're forgetting it or they're not thinking it's important, or, or I mean, they're not thinking that it's a huge issue. I think it is. Uh, Roethlisberger's shoulder, Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben. Remember him? Well, remember his shoulder. And you know how you get ESPN updates and they give you updates all the time? How many times did you hear Roethlisberger? <laughs> Roethlisberger oh, so, to the sidelines with a shoulder issue, issue last year. Roethlisberger leaves game with shoulder. Roethlisberger leaves game with shoulder. Shoulder, 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 shoulder. You get the point. I don't, I, I, I don't trust Roethlisberger's shoulder 
to lead them to the Super Bowl. I, I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, I personally don't. Uh, I think the New England Patriots will be back in business for the most part. I, I think so. I think uh, Garoppolo will fill in nicely during the four weeks, and then I think Tom Brady is going to be on a mission the rest of the way. <clears throat> and it's going to be fun to watch, particularly if you like the New England Patriots, which I do. Sorry out there for the, the masses of you out there that hate them. I still don't know why you hate them other than, yeah. I mean, you you think they're a bunch of cheaters, but, uh, you know, I see it more as a competitive advantage type of thing than, than cheating. <laughs> you know, it's not huge, blatant stuff, in my opinion. Um, the Jaguars will improve significantly, like last year's Raiders, but no playoffs yet, just like last year's Raiders. And I'm saying last year with the Raiders, not this year. <clears throat> the Bills will not make significant strides, and Rex Ryan will be gone. That's my big prediction of the year. That's my take. Rex Ryan is not legitimate. He's not. He's just, you know, he'll either be gone this year or next year. I mean, I, I might be pulling it too quickly, but I think Rex Ryan is not that good. And I, I think the chances that he's gone are very high. I think he's a fraud of a coach. You know, he brings all this pizzazz. You believe, oh, here we go. This is fantastic. And they don't do a gall dang thing. They don't do anything. I don't think the Bills are going to do anything uh, under Rex Ryan with that great defense and, and decent offense. Decent offense. Rex Ryan's overrated. And I think it's plain as day at this stage. Cincinnati, again, will never get anywhere with Lewis as coach. He's a, you know, despite their immense talent, I think the firing of Lewis in Cincinnati is long overdue. I don't like him. They've never done anything under him. Yes, they win divisions. They make the playoffs and this and that. And they lose. And they lose. And they lose. And they lose. They can't even get out of the first round. And I've said this a quadrillion times. But for those of you new listeners out there, Cincinnati has not advanced in the playoffs since 1988 when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to Joe Montana in the drive. They've not even advanced past the first round since then. So, uh, I, I don't like Lewis. I mean, I just don't like him. I, I, you know, I don't hate him, but I certainly don't like him. Um, he's brought some success to Cincinnati, some respectability, but they're never going to get anywhere. And they got all this talent, and they wasted Dalton's best season last year. What, what, a, what, a, what a waste. What a joke. And you know what? It's, it's uh, the lack of discipline of players continues to be a problem. And you know what? Some of that has to come on the coach. It has to. Cincinnati Bengals fans should be just screaming their heads off. Fire this damn guy. Come on. Just, just enough. We're tired of it. Cincinnati had the opportunity to fire Lewis and promote Mike Zimmer, and they didn't do it. They just didn't do it. And I remember even saying that. I remember recommending that this year because I wanted Jay Gruden so badly coming to the Vikings. Well, I'm glad Cincinnati didn't do that, but I'm sure the Bengals fans are furious that they didn't do that because they, they probably would have been in the, they probably would have gone further in the playoffs last year, I think. <laughs> the only reason why Zimmer lost in the playoffs in his first playoff game was because Blair Walsh missed a kick, and that's not the only reason. You got Adrian fumbling as well. That's not the coach's fault. Lack of discipline and just the same old story in Cincinnati is the coach's fault as far as I'm concerned. Denver is going to be very competitive. But plain and simple, they just were not. They're not going to be as hungry as last year. They're going to be in the mix, 12, uh, 11 and five, something like that. But so much uncertainty at quarterback. They didn't even keep Sanchez. Uh, you, you have Paxton, but how good is Paxton going to be as a rookie? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I really don't know. I, I, I barely even heard of the guy until uh, until the draft. So I don't think Denver is ready to to go back to the Super Bowl. And of course, last year you had. Uh, Manning, who was totally burnt out already as a player. Uh, but still, you know, I mean, yeah, the defense is fantastic. But again, no team right after winning the Super Bowl is, is exactly as hungry as they were the year before. 
The Raiders are the sneaky team in this conference, and with a good quarterback, emerging defense, and a, and a good coach, it's going to be cool to see the Raiders, and I think they could be the sneaky team in that conference. They might make a playoff run, ultimately. Uh, the Browns will continue to flounder. They're the other team that just stinks. And, of course, the Tennessee Titans. The Browns and the Titans are uh, manning the cellar in the AFC, as far as I'm concerned. But the Raiders, uh, the underdog playoff run possibility, that's in each conference, of course. It's the Raiders. They just might go somewhere. They might get to the second round, maybe even sneak into the AFC title game, because the AFC is always a crapshoot. The NFC is really tough, but then again, it's a crapshoot in that way, because there's so many damn good teams. AFC championship game, Pats, yep, the Pats, the Patriots are back. That's why I said get ready to roll your eyes, folks. The Patriots versus the Steelers. The Steelers will get to the conference finals, but the, but the Patriots are going to win the conference again. They're going to their... <laughs> they're going to go to their seventh Super Bowl. Isn't that insane? Yeah, they're, they're going to go to the seventh Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady is that good. Belichick is that good. They're going to figure out a way. They're going to put things together. I don't trust Roethlisberger's shoulder. They might not even make it to the AFC title game, but if it's the Raiders or anybody less than the Steelers, Patriots are for sure going to the Super Bowl, barring some type of unseen crazy BS that screws the Patriots at some point. But before that, I think the Patriots are the the, the they're they're going to win the AFC again. Then that's crazy. Under the NFC, of course. <clears throat> now I already previewed the uh, NFC North because that's how I roll. There's so many strong teams and so many possibilities. Uh, I feel the Panthers will not repeat last season and will drop to 10-6-ish. and 6-ish. 10 and 6-ish. Sorry, Holly, in case she's listening, but I doubt it. Uh, they will not return to return to the, AFC, the NFC title game, much less the Super Bowl. Uh, if the Seahawks regain their prowess and Rodgers' significant drop-off last season isn't a mirage, they should return to the conference final. Uh, they both should return to the conference final. Um, what I meant to say is the sooner we can drop off is a mirage. I don't know what I'm saying here. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, if Rodgers kind of gets things back and going again, I think the Seahawks and Packers should return to the uh, NFC title game, ultimately. Uh, the Vikings have a great defense, and if Bradford regains that 2013 form pre-ACL, they could be in the, the NFC title game instead of one of the other two. As much as I like the Cardinals, I think they're going to drop off. Uh, they need a long-term quarterback. They need a long-term solution to quarterback. Really like Carson Palmer, but he's aging a lot, and he could get hurt at any moment. He, you know, he's, he's been hurt so many times. The Redskins or the Giants are going to win the East. The Falcons will never go back to the NFC title game with Matt Ryan. They're, they're just not. Too much inconsistency, uh, and he's not really a winner. You know, he puts up big numbers, and he makes big bucks, but he's just another Matthew Stafford, as far as I'm concerned. Just a little bit prettier. A little bit prettier game than Matthew Stafford. A little bit better, but he's not. they're, they're not going to win the NFC title. They're not going to get there. It's not going to happen. The Niners are the joke of the conference. I kind of like the Niners, but the you know generally as a team, I like you know the franchise and all that, the history. But they're terrible now. And of course, you got Cole. Uh, you got the you got the guy who's talking out of his colon right now. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. But uh, not a big fan of him right now. Um, I'm going a little bit too far. I apologize. Uh, Blaine Gabbert has been named the starter. That's another joke, though. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's the starting quarterback for the Niners. Man, they suck. <laughs> They suck. Uh, you know, other than Blaine Gabbard, I could barely name a player on that roster. Complete joke. Complete joke. Uh, if the Giants make the playoffs, though, all bets are off. I mean, they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl again. If the Giants, if the San Francisco baseball Giants or the New York football Giants make the playoffs, they're world champions, as far as I'm concerned. That's my prediction. San Francisco Giants make the playoffs this October. They're going to the World Series, and they're going to win again. They're going to win their fourth. 
New York Giants make the playoffs. All these predictions are bogus and BS. But as of right now, I'm doing this assuming they don't make it because they were awful last year. But if the Giants are 8-8 eight and eight and they make the playoffs, they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's who they are. The Giants will win the championship, as far as I'm concerned, if they make the playoffs. There's my bold prediction. And a lot of the magazines out there, the Sporting News and such, which I'm using uh, reference to some of my information at this moment, um, not this second, but earlier, they are uh, they have the Giants winning the, the NFC East. And if they do, they're winning the Super Bowl. I don't know why they have the Giants losing in the playoffs. They're not going to lose in the playoffs. <laughs> New York Giants going to Green Bay? Who do you think is going to win the game? Please, tell me. Who, who's who's going to win that game? Don't you dare say the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, it would be Patriots and Giants. And, yeah, <laughs> Patriots better make a third time a charm. But odds are they won't because the Giants just, they, they just, <laughs> they make the playoffs, they win the Super Bowl. It's just, it, it is what it is. The underdog playoff run possibility out of all the teams in the playoff, in the NFC, who's the most likely team to make an underdog playoff run? It's not the Bears, it's the Vikings. Yeah, and that's not a homer pick. They are a legitimate underdog uh, playoff run type of team. NFC title game, maybe even Silver Bowl, you never know. I'm not predicting it to happen, but they're the most likely team to emerge other than Seattle and Green Bay, as far as I'm concerned. Screw the Carolina Panthers, and it's not because I don't like them, but they're not, they're not, you know, the old, the lost Super Bowl type of thing, the Super Bowl loss jinx, and even the Super Bowl win jinx, too, because the hunger is not quite as strong. Panthers are not going to go back to the NFC title game this year. The Seahawks didn't go back to the NFC title game after they lost the Super Bowl, did they? They didn't go back. They lost. Panthers are going to lose in the first or second round. They will be back in the playoffs. They'll compete to a point, but they're going to lose to Seattle, Green Bay, or Minnesota. In my, as far as I'm concerned, with the way things go here. Or the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah, New York Giants. <laughs> Watching the Redskins, if they make it, they'll lose in the first round. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> NFC South, that's, it's, it's the Arizona Cardinals, but they're not going to do anything. They're going to lose in the first or second round. So, there you go. There you go. Underdog playoff run possibility. Minnesota. I mean, they're, they're the most likely team. To make, to, to make a run uh, on the road and such. You know, you maybe you have a home game in the first round and you go on the road, that type of thing. They're the most likely team to make a miracle run to the Super Bowl. Uh, so officially, my pick for the NFC title game is Green Bay versus Seattle. Yeah, I, I know, and I know you, I hate both of them. You know, I, I hate them both with a passion. They're my two least favorite teams in all of football. I hate the Seahawks. I hate the Packers. I, I hate them with a passion, but I'm coming on here giving you an objective opinion on where I think things are going to go. And this is the way I think things are going to go. I mean, Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. Uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Mr. Uh, Mr. Russell Wilson is probably, he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL as well. you got great defense, great coaching staff. Well, at least they don't have the running back, and that, that's not going to help them get to the Super Bowl. I think the Packers go to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> the Packers are going to win the NFC as far as I'm concerned at this point. Now again, subject to change, but that's my official pick for the moment. So, yeah, this will count as my official pick going to the Super Bowl at this stage here in uh, September 2016. Green Bay will win the NFC this year. But that doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, does it? <laughs> the Patriots will win the pack, will win the Super Bowl again. They're going to win their fifth Super Bowl over the Green Bay Packers, and this is not coming out of my... 
It's not just coming out of my heart. It's coming out of my mind, too. I think the Patriots will get their fifth and final Super Bowl championship. This is it. Uh, It'll be a very high-scoring, dramatic Super Bowl. It'll be similar to the Seattle one, but not as much of stifling defense. It'll be much more high-flying. It'll be the most entertaining Super Bowl in many years. Uh, The Green Bay, or excuse me, the Seattle and New England Super Bowl was unbelievable. But this one is going to top it. It is going to be epic. It is going to be beautiful. It's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be the most highly rated Super Bowl game of all time. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. It doesn't get better than this. It is going to be a 41-38 to final over uh, the New England Patriots defeat the Packers in one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. And Tom Brady will consider retirement, but it's not set in stone. Same with Bill Belichick. There, there is, but there will be a serious possibility that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will both together shake hands, pat each other on the back, give each other a big, strong, manly hug, and uh, ride off into the sunset with their fifth championship and the greatest uh, duo in, in NFL history, Brady and Belichick. In terms of Super Bowl championships, anyway, I do think Joe Montana will be the will remain the greatest quarterback ever. But Tom Brady will be the winningest quarterback ever with five Super Bowls. Bill Belichick will be in the conversation with greatest coaches of all time. Brady, at minimum, will be the second best quarterback ever. Belichick, at minimum, will be the second best coach ever. Uh, just fantastic. Uh, they're going to finish with five Super Bowls. This is not me just coming from my heart. It is. This is the way I see it. I, I truly believe this. I don't think there's anybody in the, the AFC that's going to stop the Patriots at this point. Subject to change because Denver did stop them last year. But they stopped him by a fingernail. <laughs> it was not. It's not like the the the, the, Bron- the Broncos rolled all over them. They barely beat the Patriots. I mean, it was a fingernail type of thing. They beat them at the skin of their teeth. The the Broncos over the Patriots. But this year, the Patriots get back to the bowl and they defeat the Packers. There's no reason I feel the Packers should beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl. They they will never. <laughs> the, the there's no the Packers will never beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, they did in 96, but that was a totally different team. It was Pete Carroll when he wasn't good. It was Drew Bledsoe, who just is overrated, whatever. And a defense that was good, nah, but not great. A running game, good, but not great. Patriots, uh, <laughs> this is a legendary franchise, regardless of what you feel about them. Deflate gate and spy gate and this gate and that gate. But Packer gate is not going to win over Patriot gate. <laughs> in 2006, the season of 2016, the Patriots will be the last team to win a Super Bowl before the Vikings. Wink, wink. <laughs> because the greatest story of all time will take place during the 2017 season and the 2018 Super Bowl, February 2018, when the Vikings overcome the curse and win the first Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. But as of the moment, the Patriots will be the last team to win the Super Bowl before the Minnesota Vikings. And they will go down as the great quarterback uh, coach duo of all time. Five Super Bowl championships. And, oh my, seven conference finals championships. Seven conference championships. Without a doubt, though, that, that is a great team. And they will beat the Packers in the big one. And uh, Brady and Belichick will go off, in the, uh, go off into the sunset, in my humble opinion. So there it is. What a fun, what a fun season preview as far as I'm concerned. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I hope you liked it. I didn't go heavy into detail on everything because there's only so much time right now. I, I only have so much time. You only have so much time to listen. I, I can't do a three-hour show for multiple reasons. <laughs> you know, so it, it is what it is. If, if I just go on and on and on and on for three hours, you're going to feign interest. Trust me, you will. 
no matter how good you think this show is or how 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 much you think it sucks and I'm some kind of a a, a whiny tool. The person who ever the person who came up with that is an old SOB who was who trolled this show since 2008 when I started on the sportsstuff.com. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's from Minnesota and he's just he's always had something against this show and you know what the hell with him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Nobody knows what he's looking for other than he didn't do the show, so it sucks. If he didn't do it, it sucks. So there you go. So screw him and screw anybody else that might be tempted to actually put a one-star rating on this show. You're out of your mind. You are out of your mind if you think this show is a one-star rating. It is sabotage, it's bullcrap, and you can go to hell. We'll be back for Fan Interaction right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction Segment. Just want to let you know, of course, there's a Facebook, there's the Twitter account. Going to give a quick shout-out to MN Vikings Haven. So uh, on, on uh, Facebook, want to give you guys a shout-out again. Trevor Wickerin, thank you so very much for allowing me to post Purple Mafia on your Facebook page. Uh, really greatly appreciated. Of course, uh, there's the Purple Mafia uh, Facebook page as well. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. All of this will be in the show description along with the email address. Live at Yahoo.com. Live at Yahoo.com. That's where you could send an audio submission. Uh, otherwise, there's the, uh, the call in line 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Again, everything will be in the show description, but you can call that. Give your statement, shout out, uh, comment, whatever it is, and it'll be greatly welcomed on this show. Thank you again so much for that. Uh, those of you that might not be from the United States, there's multiple ways to get a hold of the show as well, the same way with the audio submission. Uh, there's the call now button on Facebook, which I do believe goes directly to the, the same phone line as well, regardless if you're from Australia, New Zealand, China, wherever, or of course uh, over there in uh, northern Scotland, which will open up with the Twitter here in a moment. Um, and then, of course, the audio submission. Every cell phone, smart device out there has a free audio recorder on it. You can record on that, just like a phone, basically. And then email me, live at yahoo.com. Just send it directly to me that way. And you'll be on the air with me. Very, very welcome, always. So to Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, we go to Mad Martin in Northern Scotland. He was kind enough to retweet the recent episode extra. Sam Bradford, which uh, show has done very well. Really, really uh, appreciate those of you that listened to that show. Very cool. Nice uh, nice jump up from, I guess, a lot of people, maybe they didn't want to hear the depressing news about Teddy Bridgewater. That show didn't do as well, and I didn't think it would necessarily. But uh, the Bradford one's doing well, and thank you for that. Um, Mad Martin says, uh, how did he say, uh, should be a lot of tread on the tires, that being uh, Sam Bradford, and with our D and run game, he will not have to work miracles to keep the O moving, and that being Sam Bradford. Yep, I agree with that. He jumps in. There's going to be a few here from uh, Mad Martin. He says, Enjoyed the extras, my friend. Looking forward to seeing what Bradford can do behind. Hopefully a solid O-line this year. And on, he says, And unlike many, I feel this is an upgrade at the quarterback position. Yep, if, if he stays healthy and if he has an outstanding season. And yes, compared to Bridgewater so far, He's an upgrade, yes. Compared to Bridgewater last year and his rookie year, he, uh, Sam Bradford is an upgrade at this point. It's just sad to not know how much Bridgewater has upgraded himself at this stage. We'll, we'll not be able to find out for quite a while. Hopefully he can make incredible improvements during this time. Learn more, learn the game or the mental game 
and of course hopefully physically being able to return as well. We'll see how things go. It's, uh, Mad Martin continues saying, what do the Purple do next year? Uh, I don't think Teddy will be back until late 2017 with Bradford in his prime. It could be very interesting. And yes, Bradford is signed for this year and next year at this stage for quite a bit of money as well, uh, about $30 million during the two-year span. That's a lot of money. Uh, he said he loved some of the fans' overreaction to the trade. Mini Herschel Walker, please. I remember that back in 89, and that was WTF. Yeah, this isn't even close. I mean, the Vikings gave up the whole farm to get Herschel Walker, and Walker was past his prime. This guy's not past his prime. He's had injury issues, and he hasn't played like a number one overall pick, but who? how many quarterbacks have played like a number one overall pick? I mean, you could go, the list goes on forever. He's actually not bad at all. I mean, he he may be better than Matthew Stafford at some point, but then again, I don't know. Stafford puts up some pretty good numbers on occasion, so maybe I'm jumping too hard on that as well. Not even close to Herschel Walker, though. Um, it's kind of similar to Jared Allen in a way. In a way, I, I, I don't know. Um, you're filling a, a position of need, basically, like we were with Jared Allen at the time. Now I know Allen's like Hall of Fame defensive end and such, but um, quarterback position is more important, so... I don't know. It's kind of like that. It's expensive, but it is what it is. Um, please don't make fun of me on that one. Don't call. Don't quote me on that, please. Don't give me hell for that one. <laughs> uh, Dave continues. This is Dave Martin, of course. He says, I never was a Spielman fan, but he's built a solid team and, a, and found an outstanding head coach since taking the GM role. Yep, I mean, I agree. Uh, he says, the guy I feel good about this season and beyond, the wilderness years behind are behind us. Okay, he's talking about Bradford there. How he says he feels good about the guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's starting to feel good about uh, Spielman. Yep. Um, the wilderness is behind us. Skull to a purple bowl. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and he wraps things up saying, should have said, I'm starting to like our general manager. Yeah, it's a little bit complicated there, my friend. A little complicated, but thank you. That's the gold star champion. For 2016, Dave Mad Martin. We continue where we left off on Facebook, like I always do. A couple comments here. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, Ooh, I saw, I just saw this. Downloading now. And Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Well, well, I want to stay po- as positive as possible. I guess I sure do not like Bradford if it makes sense. Huh. I guess I sure do, don't don't not like Bradford. So basically, it's like he doesn't dislike Bradford, if that makes sense. And sure, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, However, I'm struggling with the price tag, yep, and giving up a first-rounder. We have built this team on draft picks, so I hate to have to tap into that well. Uh, Injury-prone, long-term consistency, and lack of playoff experience are scary issues that I hope Bradford can finally overcome. On the bright side, he has a very good football team, to try and make that happen and get over the hump in his career. Yeah, and I, I agree. I hopefully he ca- I hope he can indeed, and I think it's very possible. Uh, I was saying, looks like Wright made it, made the team after all, and Tony says, I'm good with that. I like Jarius, and I do too. I do too. I uh, posted the video where Bradford was excited to be here and get after it. Yep, that was on the Vikings.com there with Mike Wabshaw. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says... If he stays healthy, that being Sam Bradford, and that's a big if, this might not be a bad deal for a number one overall draft pick. Yeah, that's what he was. After I thought about it, he has had a different system. Yep, and because of coaching changes every year, he and, and he's been a pro, a shitty O-line basically every year, or an ACL injury, how could anybody win against those odds? He might be even more brittle than Romo, and that's saying something. 
he's way better than Sanchez or Capper Dick. Ah, oh, that's funny. I'm sorry for saying that, but I, I guess I read it. I think we did okay. Who knows when or if Teddy will be back? And that's the fear. Who knows when or if Teddy will be back? I hope and pray that he makes it back. School. Thank you for that, Dave Hickey. Now to visitor post. There's a few, not a ton. Ali of Pro Football Spot. The uh, post about uh, the Viking, the whole article about the Vikings' first and fourth round pick for Bradford. Do check that out. Pro Football Spot's fantastic, and thank you, Ali. Always. Uh, Tony Coleman was talking about the good article. Posted a good article on Care11.com. Why the Minnesota Vikings gave up a first round pick for Sam Bradford, and yep, very cool indeed. It was uh, it was because this team wants to win, and yeah, do check that article out. And Tony again also posts the final post here for fan interaction, saying Sam Bradford will wear the number eight jersey, and it looks good. Looks good. I'm glad he'll wear number eight instead of number seven. I, I I don't know. I mean, number seven's exclusive for like the Randall Cunninghams of the world. You know, I mean, I don't like to remember about Christian Ponder or others and such. Um, Bradford wearing number eight. That's what he wore in St. Louis. That's when he was the franchise quarterback for St. Louis. So. Good to see number eight back on Mr. Uh, and I don't want to think about Michael Vick either with the Eagles or anywhere else. So nice to see him, uh, Bradford, wearing number number eight. Very cool. So thank you guys very much. I apologize, maybe if I didn't let the fan interaction bleed as much. But uh, I'm, I, I, I waited, I'm, I'm waiting to put this up until Wednesday night. So those of you that were wondering... Uh, why it took a couple of days, but then again, at the same time, it's all a matter of schedule and such, but also want to let you see, let the Bradford show sink in for a little while first. So it is what it is. Apologize if the, the fan interaction didn't bleed as much as some of you may have liked, but hey, a, a, a lot of you got in what you wanted to, to talk about Bradford and such on last show and this show and on the upcoming season. I want to thank you all very much for your loyalty and your kindness to the show. Thank you. Uh, please tell a friend. And for those of you that have, thank you so very much. It means a lot. Please do give Purple Mafia a positive rating on iTunes. It'll be greatly appreciated. Or Stitcher. It only helps the show and makes it more attractive to potential listeners. Um, it's just greatly appreciated. So the humidity likely, or the humidity finally rolling out here, uh, rolling away. It ro- rolling in early in the week and then going away. It's going to be nice on the weekend. Just beautiful, breezy and cooler and ready for some football. Isn't that fantastic? I already got the Zombie Monkey and Surly Fest in the fridge. Classic uh, autumn <laughs> autumn beers. Nice to see. That's what's so nice about September. You got the Surly Wet coming up. Man, that's one of those special fresh hop beers that only comes out for that short, short period. They load the shelves with them, and then they're gone just like that because you gotta, you got to have them right away to be able to get that ultra freshness. So fantastic. Uh, Surly Fest is, the, of course, their uh, Oktoberfest. That's Surly. I, you know, and I'm not even... They're not even... They're not, I'm not even in advertising. I'm giving them like a free plug because it's like, why the hell not, I guess. And of course, Tallgrass and Zombie Monkey, just a fantastic, robust porter. It's just something to enjoy when you watch the game or, or after the game. I prefer to have, have a beer like afterwards. I, you know, I, I, don't like to, I don't like to have beers during the day. I get too tired and kind of sleepy, and plus i got to do a show, right? So it is what it is. Uh, give a quick shout-out to the Purple Press Box, Sebastian Balls. Sebastian Ball, Sebastian Barton. Let, let, let me know which, which which one you want me to call you, man. Let, let me know. <laughs> Reggie over there, the co-host. Drew Bunting, the executive producer and occasional co-host on the show as well. They do a good job, and it's on Spreaker, and it's lots of passion, a little bit of vulgarity if you're able to handle that. I mean, I swear a little bit, but he, he swears more, Sebastian, that is. Uh, Drew Bunting, fun guy, very cool. Reggie's pretty cool, Get, gets his football, and Sebastian is... Uh, He's a passionate son of a biscuit out there, too. 
<laughs> Big shout out there. Going to give a shout out to Alex Jones Infowars as well. This is a brief one. Uh, just give a shout out to those of you out there that uh, may be kind of on the fence politically. Check check it out. It's it's uh you know it's not about left or right. It's about you know telling the truth and such of what's going out there. Some of you think it's crazy, and those of you that yeah I, I don't know. I say open your mind a little bit. That's just the way I see things. So thanks again for listening. God bless you and enjoy the nice cooler weather on the weekend. And scroll Vikings against those Tennessee Titans. <laughs>